Hey guys, welcome or welcome, well, welcome back or welcome. I guess it would make sense to say welcome back because I'm just going to assume that whoever's listening to this has listened to the first few episodes, but anyways, welcome back or welcome to the first kill. My name's Peyton. Uh, this is so weird already because this is my first episode without Sammy. Um, like I tried to record this a few weeks ago, um, <clears throat> when it's like her and I talked and everything and she was like, yeah, that's fine. I don't care if you, you know, continue without me until we get to a point where she can, you know, come back for every episode. But yeah, uh, this episode is all about Scream 3. So we're keeping on, keeping on with the Scream franchise. Uh, and I, just before we jump into this, I will not accept any Scream 3 slander. Yes, I know objectively it's the worst movie in the franchise, but I I like it. I love this freaking movie. It's it's not my least favorite. I mean, like, I'll eventually, once I finish, you know, the whole franchise, I will get into uh, my ranking of the franchise, which is not very, you know... It definitely goes against Norm. <laughs> but, um... No, so Scream, Scream 3 came out in 2000 you know of course directed by Wes Craven however this one was not written by Kevin Williamson it was written by Aaron Kruger um because there were some scheduling issues when they were making Scream 3 because Scream 3 kept like they had to completely redo that movie after Columbine happened they had a whole like like um like the whole setup of Scream 3 was they're gonna they were gonna go back to Woodsboro and um it was gonna be like a group of high school kids that were, like, in a cult, and they're, like, at the end, like, they would all, like, get back up, and they weren't actually dead, and it turns out that Stu was, like, controlling them from prison, and Stu was alive, which, listen, I'm still part of the Stu is alive train, I'm really glad they didn't do that in 6, I mean, they kind of confirmed in 6 that he's for sure dead, but at the same time, I'm, like, maybe in 7 once they get Sydney back, also, the assembly cut of Scream 3 just leaked, and... I haven't watched it yet. I want to, though. Um, I might watch it before I record Scream 4 so I can talk about it in there before I, you know, break down Scream 4. Um, <clears throat> not, like, the full one, but, like, some parts. And I wonder... Because Angelina was supposed to be a killer in this movie. They literally, like, wrote her character as if she was the second killer in this one. And I... Uh, I really... I would like to see that on screen because, I don't know, she just... Yeah. I, I want to see that version of Scream 3. Um, also, some of the Scream 6 script leaked recently, like what the original script was with Sydney involved and everything. I'm going to get into that really quick before I get into Scream 3. So, of course, spoilers ahead for literally every Scream movie. Whenever I talk about a movie and it's in a franchise, when I say spoilers ahead, I mean spoilers ahead for the entire franchise. Like, even with Scream, like, I might end up accidentally talking about the TV show somehow. And, like, so, so literally spoilers for everything Scream-related. Um, obviously I want to talk about, like, leaks for, like, Scream 7 or anything, or anything for the future, because, like, that's super disrespectful. Um, I don't like talking about leaks. Um, um, rumors is one thing, but leaks are different. Um, but no, so, Scream 6, some of the, the, ori the original script leaked with when Sydney was going to be involved before Paramount fucked over Nev Campbell, and I, <laughs> um... I'm really glad she wasn't in that movie. Because what they had her do is, like, she, like, shows up a little bit. Um, like, she shows up in New York uh, to, like, help or whatever because she wants to. And then she very quickly disappears and, like, kind of doesn't come back. Um, but they, the killers, so, you know, um, what is his name? 
Detective Bailey and then Quinn and Ethan, they like say at the end, like during their monologue, you know, that they're going to go to Seattle and pay Sydney a visit and kill her kids and Mark Kincaid and like make her watch and then kill her. Um, which is like, really, come on now, let's be so, let's be so for real, like, as if any ghost face killer has ever succeeded, like, why do you think you will? But, you know, I rest my case. Um, so yeah, so Scream 3, let's hop into this, it came out in 2000, directed by Wes Craven, written by Aaron Kruger, not Kevin Williamson, um, however, what Aaron Kruger wrote was based off of, like, an outline that Kevin Williamson gave him, um, Originally, it was supposed to be the last ever Scream movie, which I'm so glad it wasn't. Um, you know, in 2008, they were like, hey, Scream 4 is going to come. And I'm still, part of me is still very upset that we didn't get that trilogy with, like, Jill and everything after 4. But, like always, uh, Scream 3 stars Nev Campbell, David Arquette, and Courtney Cox Arquette. Which is, this is the only movie, um, I don't know if it's the only movie overall, but it's the only Scream movie where Courtney Cox is... Um, like credited as Courtney Cox Arquette. Um, of course, like I said, this is the only one not written by Kevin Williamson because he was working on a TV show that didn't last very long called Wasteland. Um, but from what I understand, like it, it came down to them filming Scream 3 and it was like, all right, do you want Kevin Williamson or do you want Nev Campbell? Because Nev Campbell was also busy with like, I think it was Party of Five was the show she was on. And she was already like, from what I've read, I think I we I think we talked about it in the last episode that she would go from like one set to the other, like day by day by day by day by day by day by day, and just constant over and over and over and over again. Like she would film Party of Five all day and then go film Scream Two all night and then just like do it over again, and like only had like fifteen minutes in between to like go shower and get like fake blood off of her before she went back to the Party of Five set, which is just insane. But I, that's that was either Scream Two or Three. I can't remember exactly which one. But, um, yeah, so Aaron Kruger was um, put in charge of writing the script, which I find uh, ironic, just his name. I don't know anything. I know nothing about this man. You know, sorry to this man. I have no idea who he is because um, I've never heard his name other than Scream 3. But it's funny that his last name's Kruger, you know, because Wes Craven created the character of Freddy Kruger. Um you know, he was given credit for writing the script, but he, like, he worked with the producers on Wes Craven and the actors a lot um, when it came to writing it. Um, but so, after, you know, Scream 2's events, Sydney like, lives in this, like, secluded area of California now. She, like, works as a, like, not call center, but, like, counselor, like, from her home. Like, she works from home. And it's just, like, a phone line where she logs on and starts accepting calls. She, like, works under her name... Laura, um, which that is a reference to something. Um, or no, I'm so sorry. I think that I was thinking that Laura Crane was a reference to Marion Crane from Psycho, but also Laura, and that's in Scream 6. That's who, um, Samara Weaving plays in Scream 6 in the opening, but, so Laura, Sydney's name Laura is not a reference to anything, but, uh, she doesn't, nobody knows where she <clears throat> is staying except for, like, her dad and Dewey. Uh, Gail has become, like, super successful as a news reporter, uh, of the TMZ style, you know, like, she, that's the, that's, like, the thing is, like, every time I watch these movies and I think about, like, what to compare Gail to, especially, really just the earlier movies, uh, is, like, TMZ, like, that's how she, like, she's constantly reporting, like, fake shit, you know, uh, 
she's also like very successful because she wrote books about the first two movies and then movies came out about those books that she wrote about the movies it's so trying to explain the whole meta aspect of like stab within scream to people who don't understand it have never seen the movies is like the funniest thing to me because they're always like what the fuck are you talking about like they don't get it but like i don't know um Dewey um, has given up on any chance of the relationship with Gale and now is a quote-unquote bodyguard, which, let's be real, he had um, Kronk, Kronk, the guy that voices Kronk and Joe on Family Guy, Patrick Wartman, I think is his name, I forget, he, his voice is so funny, anyways, He's the real bodyguard, but it's for Jennifer Jolie, who's an actress in universe who plays Gale in the movies, played by Parker Posey. And I'm so sorry, but Parker Posey is the best part of this movie. She, I, I can't explain to you how mad I am that they killed her off because I would rather her come back than fucking pretty much every, I think I'd rather her come back than anybody. But anyways, so opening this movie is Cotton Weary dying with him and his girlfriend, Christine. Um, uh, This is one of my favorite like one of my, one of the openings I enjoy more. Um, I think the only opening I don't really like is four, and a lot of people I feel like four is kind of like split down the middle. Like either you love it or you hate it. Four is definitely in last place for me. Um, I'll rank the openings once I get to whatever episode that's going to be. Um, <clears throat> but anyways, so Cotton gets a phone call. Okay, that's another thing about this movie: the voice changer. That thing is so stupid. Like, I can't begin to explain to you how stupid the concept of the voice changer in this movie is. Uh, It's just, like, the technology doesn't exist today. Um, So how does it, how did it exist in 2000? Which, not even, I think, I'm pretty sure the movie is supposed to be set in 1999 or 2000. It came out 2001. I literally just read this, too. No, it came out in 2000. I know the movie's set before it came out, so it... 99 or 98 because scream 2 is set in 97 so like it's a big mess the voice changer really makes me mad and that is one of the aspects of the writing of this movie that why people uh tend to hate this movie much more than uh any of the other screams um this is really the only one that i see consistently get hate um here recently i've been seeing a lot of scream 2 hate and i fully aboard that train uh that movie is Anyway, I just I'll get to how I rank the movies when I get to it because that's coming in a few months episode wise. Anyways, so Cotton gets a call from the killer. It's a woman's voice, and it turns out it is the killer. Um, at the same time that this is happening, Ghostface is in his house attacking his girlfriend and say, you know, like that's a, see that's the thing with the voice changer because. The girlfriend is inside of a room and Ghostface is on the other side of the door screaming at her, but it just sounds like Cotton's voice the whole time. That's like when, uh, in the first movie, when Stu, or in the second movie, when Mickey hold the voice changer up to their mouth and say, surprise, Sydney, you can still hear their voice. So how is this ghost, who, how is Roman, the Ghostface in this movie, screaming from the other side of the door using this voice changer, but it's still Cotton's voice. It makes no sense. And it's such, it's the biggest nitpick I have in anything in this franchise, more than any of the nitpicks I have with a TV show. Um, It's just, it's not, it's stupid. But apparently in the assembly cut that did get leaked, there's like a scene where it shows Cotton uploading like files where it like codes their voice or something. I don't know. um, To some system that he, where he made this voice changer. I don't know. It's, it's, I think I just hit the mic if I did. I'm so sorry. Um, 
I'm literally talking with my hands as I record this because I'm so mad. Um, <clears throat> anyways, he gets murdered, and we cut to him and his girlfriend both get murdered. Um, but no, the whole thing is like Cotton is being asked like where Sydney. Is. He's like I don't know. That's why Ghostface is like you should have told me where Sydney was. Blah 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 blah. Anyways. Uh, we cut to Gail is giving this speech at a college where she's like, oh, go get the scoop, go get the scoop, go get the scoop. Uh, that's all you have to do is put your life on the line pretty much. And then someone from the crowd, it's like at a college and I think it's like a journalism group of like people that are majoring in journalism or something. I don't know. Um, someone yells out like, oh, so we should just kill our subjects or whatever. I don't, and she's like, exactly. But she walks out and Mark Kincaid, who's a cop in this movie played by Patrick Dempsey. It's revealed later on that his character and Sydney got married later down the line, um, <clears throat> which I think is funny that they brought that up in five because there's no mention of that man in four. <laughs> so it's like, did they break up for a little bit? But I don't, it's whatever. Uh, you know, Kincaid is like talking to Gail and telling him, telling her about Cotton dying. Uh, and then shows her this picture that he found at the crime scene. Well, not he, but the cops that were there found at the crime scene. And it's a picture of Maureen Prescott, Sydney's mom, but she's much younger in the picture. Uh, and they're like, Oh shit. Another ghost face as if it wasn't obvious enough that, uh, cotton, I mean, cotton being murdered. I feel like is, is signs enough that <laughs> it's gotta be another ghost face or something like that. But, um, we go to the set of stab three afterwards um and we meet all these new characters that are playing um like different versions of characters like we we meet the guy playing dewey uh what is his name in this movie um i feel like it's like todd it's something so tom it's tom prince tom prince is playing which is a play on freddie prince jr um Ironically, he's playing Dewey now because it used to be um, the guy that played Dewey in the Stab movies was, it's one of the guys that was in Scream, I mean not Scream, Friends with Courtney Cox. I'm gonna, it's gonna kill me not trying to remember, trying to remember his name because I've never watched Friends. I don't want to. Um, the clips I've seen aren't funny. Um, now I would die on that hill, but maybe I'm, I'm probably gonna end up watching it one day. I say the same thing about Grey's Anatomy, but I was literally scrolling through TikTok today and like saw clips from Grey's Anatomy and I was like, like that looks good maybe i should watch that but it's like it's so long it's so long <laughs> i just don't want to but um anyways so we meet this whole new cast of people we meet um someone who is like a new um his name's tyson he's like the new uh randy to this stab universe so they're making a stab three because been a few years since you know scream 2 took place so there hasn't been an, a real life situation to base it on the stab movies were really successful the studio wants more money so they're like we'll just make our own story um a big joke in this is that there's constant rewrites or whatever well, well that's the thing is um they realize somehow that they're being killed off in the order that they die in the movie and um they're like well who dies next because um there's so many rewrites so many rewrites so many rewrites that we don't know who's gonna actually die next blah 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 but um, my favorite thing is um, they're like, well, it has nothing to do with the movie. Like, it has nothing to do with the movie, like, uh, with Cotton being dead. And there's this one cop character that works with Kincaid the whole movie. And he's the funniest guy. I don't know what the actor's name is or the character's name for that matter. But he's like, he's like, he's making a movie called Stab. He was stabbed. He just makes all kinds of little stupid little jokes throughout the movie that, like, I, 
him and Parker Posey in this movie, just great. Um, but so Cotton and his girlfriend were the two first two victims. Uh, the next victim is Sarah Darling, who is um, one of the actresses in the movie. Um, she goes to, uh, she thinks she gets a call from the director, Roman, which it, it is Roman because he's the one that ends up becoming Ghostface. Uh, to like meet at his office or whatever, go over some of her lines, blah, blah, blah. She goes in there, um, realizes everything's empty gets knocked through a glass window that's stabbed in the back. It's That's another thing, too, though, is because of Columbine, horror movies weren't allowed to show as much gore anymore, which I find very interesting. Um, like, it's just at this point in time, like, you can see that... You can tell a different... Like, I would honestly consider Scream 3 more of a comedy movie than anything. That's really what it feels like to me, is it's just a comedy movie that has to involve... That happens to be also a slasher movie and it involves you know, a murder mystery, whodunit factor, but it's a comedy movie, like, through and through. Um, but so... <laughs> just, like, all kinds of different... I just, I don't know. This movie is just all over the place. Um, at that point, you know, the movie gets, um, like, canceled because cast members are dying. They're all at uh, Jennifer's house, Jennifer Jolie, the actress that plays Gail in the stab movies. She's like one of the other, that's another thing too, that was they, they didn't like recast her quote unquote, because Angelina is another character who is like the new Sydney. And it's a big deal because they did like an open casting call and so many girls audition, blah, 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 blah. And she's not upset about it. And they're like, well, you know, you got picked out of thousands of girls. Like why you should be more upset that this movie got canceled. Um, but that's something I, I wish that we could see like clips from the quote unquote stab movie. That's how I want them to bring Parker Posey back is like DH her a little bit and scream seven and show clips from the first stab or the second stab, uh, with her playing Gail. I would love that. Um, but we're at Jennifer's house. They're all inside doing stupid shit. Uh, uh, Patrick, I feel like it's Patrick Wartman. I need to Google that because it's going to drive me crazy. Um, who, uh, of course my freaking, Okay, who voices Joe in... Yeah, Patrick Warburton. I was so close. It's, it was damn near the same thing. Anyways, um, he is going through Dewey's trailer. He gets a phone call. It's Dewey on the phone, except it's actually Ghost Face using the voice changer. Um, he, he, he says something bad about Tatum, you know. Dewey's sister that died in the first movie, Sydney's best friend. Ghost Face jumps out from a back room... Uh, attacks the bodyguard. I think his name's like Steven, Steven Stone in the movie, uh, stabs him in the back. Um, he knocks Ghostface off and kicks him into like this, like, uh, like he knocks him off, but then Ghostface kicks him back into like these cabinets and it makes the knife go deeper in his back. And then, uh, Ghostface like knocks him around with a frying pan a few times and somehow the bodyguard gets up and well he's a big dude like he is a big dude like i get why they cast him to play the bodyguard but he, he like gets enough strength to walk to the front door of jennifer's house he dies in front of dewey gail angelina tom and jennifer um i didn't realize i just realized that tyson wasn't there in this scene i don't think any anyways um <clears throat> but so at this point they're all like paranoid or whatever fucking they're all paranoid after, you know, bodyguard falls dead in front of them. And then a fax comes through, Jennifer's fax machine. And um, it's like saying like, oh, like something, I, it's something about like who's going to die next, blah, 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 whatever. Um, 
and they all like run outside away from it. But then another one comes through, and Tom Prince, the guy that plays Dewey, runs back inside. And that's okay. That's another thing that doesn't make sense to me. So it's like, um, it's like whoever smells the gas first or whatever is what the thing says. And he picks that he pulls out a lighter to read the message. So of course it sets the gas on fire, blows the house up. He like is incinerated. Um, I don't get how like in that time span like how I just the writing in this movie it, some of the stuff that happens in this movie makes no sense and obviously like it's a horror movie some a lot of the shit in this franchise doesn't make sense but in a way it does like you know what I mean like like I just it just makes me mad sometimes <laughs> this movie I love this movie so much but this movie really does make me mad and like there's other movies that I dislike more than I like this one like Scream 2 I don't like it as much as I like Scream 3 and the only thing that really makes me mad in Scream 2 is the, the whole cafeteria scene like I genuinely will fight someone over that scene if they say they enjoy it like it just and I get it's all I, I, I get that it's all based on opinion but I'm still just like shut up like it's not good but like as much as the cafeteria scene makes me mad it's not, it doesn't make me as mad as this movie does with so many different things. But anyways, yeah, so Tom dies. Whole house blows up. Um, yeah, it's, <laughs> the killer, like, attacks Gale. Um, Dewey, like, shoots him off, and then Jennifer runs up, and I think Gale, like, smacks her or something. Yeah, Gale smacks her, and Jennifer's like, my lawyer liked that. And Gale's like, not as much as I did, um. I, their chemistry in this movie, the two of them, Parker Posey and Courtney Cox, are great in this movie together, and I adore both of them. I just love this movie um, so much. Um, anyway, so they go back to the Stab 3 set. Uh, Sydney shows up, by the way. They're, like, trying to get a hold of Sydney, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and they go, Sydney just shows up on her own because she saw what was going on in the news. There's also a scene earlier in the movie that I forgot to talk about where Sydney's, like, asleep, which is, like, nightmare of her dead mom and... Then it turns into ghost face and all this different... It's weird. This whole... And I'm so glad that it was just a dream. Because if they tried to make this franchise paranormal, I'd be so... I really hope that nothing about this franchise ever becomes paranormal. That's like... I mean, 5 and 6 with them de-aging... Uh, uh, what? Skeet Ulrich to play Billy again. Like, it's just Sam hallucinating, which I like. And part of me... That's A lot of people are like, oh, well, he clearly doesn't look like he did in 1995 when he, they filmed the movie. But at the same time, I'm like... Yeah, no shit, but also it's like, it's a hallucination, and Sam never met him, so what she sees is, like, it's going to look different no matter what, and I appreciate that. Um, it's kind of weird to me, though, that it's, like, him, like, at the, at the end of the movie, because, like, I couldn't, I wouldn't imagine there's many pictures of that except for, like, his dead body that, like, you know, crime scene photographers took, but, um... But anyway, so they go back to the Stab 3 set. Randy's sister shows up, Martha Meeks, and just, like, a one little one-off, you know, little scene, um, but I really like that they brought her in for this, like, I, I, it's just, like, a small little thing, you know, where a little character that popped up and really had no meaning other than it's Randy's sister, here's a video that Randy recorded in case this happened again, you guys needed to see this, and then she still came back for five, I hope she comes back for seven, because she wasn't in six, because, you know, they weren't in Woodsboro anymore, um, I love the actress, I, I always forget her name, I know I have I have it in my notes like further down like once I get to the end of this like a little you know breakdown of the, what happens in the movie but I follow her on Twitter she just seems like the sweetest I'm sorry X I'm never calling that app anything but Twitter I'm sorry fuck you Elon Musk um 
she just seems like the sweetest person ever, and I'm so glad you got to come back for the franchise. And she, I think it was her, that accidentally spoiled that um, Skeet Ulrich came back for five. And um, she like was like, oh, like day on set, and like tagged a bunch of people, and he was one of them on Instagram when they were filming. Um, I don't know, she just seems like a pure person, and I adore her. Um, anyways, they're trying to go, they're trying to investigate things. Sydney has shown up. She meets Angelina on the set of the movie in the bathroom. And the thing is, Angelina has a bunch of ghost face, um, like, costumes and different things. And she's like, oh, I'm just, you know, the movie got canceled. I'm never going to be an actress. Like, this is my only ever opportunity. I wanted some souvenirs. And Sydney's like, souvenirs? Like, like, baby, this is... <laughs> this is my life. Like, I don't know. But Cindy like wanders onto the set and it is her house. And there's like a whole set of like the, the room where her mom was murdered, like her bedroom, blah, blah, blah. And Sydney is like tricking the ghost face killer around it and everything. I love it so much. It's a good scene. Um, you know, Sydney's like, he's, he's in the house. He's in Woodsboro. And they're like, that's not Woodsboro. The cops are. And they're like, Oh, she's losing her fucking mind. But so Gail and Jennifer are off at this point and they're trying to investigate Maureen's murder. And, they meet this archiver in the like basement of the studio, and and the archiver is played by Carrie Fisher, and it's so funny too because there's like a picture of Princess Leia framed on the the wall or whatever, and they're like, oh my god, are you? And she's like, no. She's like, I ever got it a lot though. She's like, you know, I almost got Princess Leia, blah blah blah. But of course, the one that sleeps with George Lucas got the part, like making fun of herself. I don't know if she did like. Maybe that's something that happened. I don't know. I don't know anything about Star Wars. I just know who Carrie Fisher is because she's a she. I mean, she's an iconic actress. Um, but so they are in the basement going through stuff. They find out that you know Sydney's mom Maureen was an actress back in the day for a few years. Like she left Woodsboro and was an actress for a little bit, and then went back to Woodsboro and met Sydney's dad and had Sydney. Um, uh, and they find out that the person who was, she was in horror movies and the producer, John Milton, who produces the stab movies was the man that directed those horror movies that Sydney's mom was in. So they go and like threaten John Milton. They're like, Hey, the fuck's wrong with you? You know, like, why would you like, what did you do to her? And like, now you're torturing her daughter. And he's like, listen, he was like, she, he basically explains that like, they used to have like big sex parties back in the day whatever and and she got um like gang raped and like really fucked her up and and they it, roman says something later on in the movie that really bothers me is he's like oh they kind of like present it as like oh she got raped and then she became a whore to cope with that and i'm like maybe let's not but i mean like this was 20 23 years ago that this movie came out filmed 24 years ago so it's like i get that it's not going to be you know as politically correct because, I mean, they didn't really care about stuff like that, especially with all this stuff. But what's so crazy is that the Weinstein brothers made these movies. Uh, well, not wait, made these movies. They really had nothing to do with it. They were just the producers because it, they worked. I believe it was Mir Miramax or Spyglass that they worked for, whatever, who or Paramount, whatever. Um, they were big, big part of this movie. There, a lot of the reason why certain stuff sucks in this franchise is because of them. Um, but Harvey Weinstein, you know, he has he, everything that he did. Um, before any of those accusations came to light, we have this thing about a, a horror producer in this studio, uh, you know, that has, that is raping and sexually assaulting and harassing all these, like, uh, actresses, and it's like, I, I mean, obviously Wes Craven's dead, I don't think he ever spoke about it before he, he passed, but it's like, did you, were you, like, 
being like like calling his ass out in a movie that he was producing and he was so stupid that he didn't even realize it like obviously we're not gonna know that unless like kevin williamson or something speaks up about it but i mean i would like to believe that that's what was that was what was going on fully i just got r.i.p Wes craven what a great guy um anyways so then there is like this party at john milton's house because it's roman's birthday or whatever um the Roman's all depressed because the movie got canceled and he was only doing it because he wanted to make something else and the studio was like, you make this horror movie for us, we'll give you whatever movie you want afterwards. Um, Sydney is at the police station and she gets called, we find out she gets called by Ghostface and told to come to the party and at that point, Sydney, I mean, Dewey and Gail are like trying to go get Sydney and like pr to protect her. They get a call from Ghostface using the voice changer and they're like, oh my gosh, I need to like, we need to go to this party. Cause he's like, oh, I'm going there. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. And so they run there. They rush there. Sydney rushes there. And by the time Sydney rushes there, all kinds of shit has happened. Tyson's dead. Angelina's dead. Um, which they both, no, Tyson's death was really, I mean, it wasn't gory because like I said, they had to cut back on the blood and the gore and the guts and, and this one specifically. But Tyson, his death was pretty, if I, they, he's running on a rug and like Ghostface yanks up the rug and he like goes up in the air and then snap, like hits the ground and his neck snaps. Angelina, we don't see how she dies. We just see her bloody and she gets dragged off of screen. Um, Jennifer, um, well, Gail goes down to the basement. Um... And Gail is down in the basement, pretty much, and she opens up this, like, uh, coffin chest-looking thing and sees Roman's dead body in it, which... And she doesn't, like, really check to see if he's breathing, but um, I think they either mention it in the movie or, like, a behind-the-scenes thing or, like, delete it. Something where Roman is like, oh, I, like, I stopped my breathing or whatever. I, I got it to as little as I could and whatever. So then Jennifer comes down and... and we get more good Gail and Jennifer moments. Um, it's... <laughs> oh, okay. So Tyson gets thrown over the balcony is what happens, I think. Um, I could have swore that he, like, yanks up the rug and it snaps Tyson's neck. It might be both things happen. I can't remember. Jennifer falls down um, this, like, hidden passage room. And it's connected to the room where Dewey and Gail are hiding. And there's a one like a, a one-sided mirror where one side's a mirror the other side is just glass so um jennifer from her side she can see through the glass and sees gail and dewey Ghostface is coming after her dewey hears her screaming he's like trying to shoot the mirror um but he's like way too slow i take a take the gun away from this man i love dewey so much i cried when he died in five take the gun from this man get it out of his hands like stop you know what i mean like he this poor man Take the gun away from him. He's, he's like, he, Jennifer could have survived and came back for four, five, six and been such an icon. Whatever. Um, so Dewey's too slow. Jennifer's dead. Uh, she gets stabbed to death by Ghostface. And when Dewey shoots out like the last panel, which is where she happens to be, um, she her dead body just falls out. Um, then the killer knocks out Dewey, goes after Gale. Dewey like falls down the steps and knocks out or whatever. Gale is, um, or no, Ghostface gets knocked out. It's so, that's whole scene, I'm trying to remember, I haven't seen Scream 3 in a while. 
which is weird because it's one of the ones I rewatch frequently because it's it's a, that's the thing that I really liked about this movie is it's a fun watch when you try not to pay attention to the stupid stuff in the plot that doesn't make any sense you realize how fun this movie is and that's why I love it so much but you know what I mean it's just ugh. anyways so Ghostface is knocked out at the end of the steps Gale is like trapped down there Dewey gets hit in the head by the butt of the knife it's it's so random. He falls down the steps. He gets knocked out. Um, Ghostface, Ghostface is like holding them hostage. That's when he call. That's when Ghostface calls Sydney to get her to the house. She comes, and I really like this because um, he's like, he's like, "There's a metal detector on the ground. Pick it up. Get rid of the gun." So she like doesn't. She has two guns on the same ankle, so then she can pick it up, throw it out, and it's like, okay. Gun's gone, you know what I mean? She also, I think she gets rid of a knife as well, I can't remember. Um, anyway, she goes in, she finds uh, Galen Dewey tied up. Ghostface runs around, Sydney tries to shoot him. He runs off. Uh, Mark Kincaid shows up, um, saves kidney, saves Sid, I almost said kidney, I'm weak as hell. He shows up, he saves Sydney uh, from getting attacked, um, but then he gets knocked unconscious, and I, I thought he was going to die. I thought he was dead. Because that's the thing is, like, with this movie, it's so weird because the kills are so weak and they're so... You never really know who's dead and who isn't. And I'm like, especially now, though, with 6, like, Chad got so fucked up in 5 and 6. I mean, and Dewey did, too, in I think pretty much every single movie he was in, except for 3 and... Well, yeah, 3 and 4, Dewey didn't really get messed up too bad, but 1 and 2, that man just... <laughs> it's like, every time I watch those, those first two movies... I think I like think back to the first time because the first one I was like, oh damn, I really liked his character, and then two I'm like, no, not Dewey, and then it's like, and then five rolls around and I'm legitimately heartbroken. But, um, anyways, so Ghostface chases Sydney into a room like this, like theater room, I believe it is. No theater is six. I think it's a theater and three too. Anyways, it reveals himself to be Roman. He faked his own death. Um, he is Maureen's son that she had after being raped and he's Sydney's half brother um he brings out John Milton who's like gagged and like tied up and kills him in front of Sydney um I I they kind of hint at the fact that I just said the things I don't know if they for sure confirm it or not but it feels it seems like they're trying to hint that Roman is John Milton's son uh but I mean, he, he, he anyway. He goes on to say that he showed up. Um, you know, he he showed up to go to Maureen and was like, "Oh, I'm your son." And she was like, "Fuck off!" Slammed the door in his face. Um, he he then wanted to get revenge on Sydney. So when he found he started filming Maureen uh, cheating with Hank Loomis. Uh, which caused, you know, Nancy Loomis to leave. He showed the footage to Billy, you know, it was like, this is why your mom left. And he convinced Billy and Stu to kill Maureen. Um, he also told Billy to have an accomplice who was weak and easily willing to help him out, which is where Stu came in. Um, and he reveals that he's the reason why the first movie happened. And I don't like that retcon at all because it's just like... I just, God, it really pisses me off so bad. I don't like it at all. Um, but, it's, whatever, the movie's out. We're three sequels afterwards already, and we're getting another one, so. Um, 
Sydney is like tired of listening to him blame, you know, him being a fucking psychopath and murderer on her and on other stuff. And so she just like starts to pick at him until he gets so mad that he goes to attack her. Um, he gets the upper hand, um, but uh, then Kincaid comes in, distracts Roman. Sydney is able to get a knife, um, but then he finds Kincaid's gun, shoots Sydney, knocks her down. He shot her in the chest uh, just so he was like, "Oh, I'm gonna make sure I kill you." But boom. Sydney was wearing a um, bulletproof vest. She sneaks away. Dewey and Gail are about to break into the room. Um, you know, he turns around. Sydney's gone. Uh, he tears the room apart trying to find her. Before he's like about to use his phone to call her, she beats him to the punch. She uses a phone to catch him off guard before popping up from behind her, the bar. She stabs him a bunch of times with this like pick ice pick i think is what it was uh before she stabs him in the heart as he like dies she shows the bulletproof vest you know she was like oh we're not so different because roman like opened up his bulletproof vest after they thought they shot him and killed him a little bit earlier on in the third act um right as dewey and gail you know pop into the room roman jumps up and he's like going to attack them again but dewey shoots him a few times and then (laughs) sydney's like the head dewey so then he shoots him in the head kills him for good uh and then the movie ends we we go back to sydney's little secluded house in the woods uh dewey proposes to gail gail says yes um kincaid is there he has his arm in a sling he like walks out and he's like are you gonna join us to sydney or whatever and we kind of get that him and sydney are a thing now um they're like gonna go watch a movie uh sydney like closes her door it creaks open a second later and she just, like, doesn't go close it, and it's, like, I mean, because this is supposed to be the end of the trilogy, you know, the end of the franchise, and it's, like, oh, you know, her fears are over, she, you know, her freedom is back, and she doesn't have to worry anymore, but so, yes, that's Scream 3, that's the whole plot, um, like I said, this is very, very, very clearly the worst, just, <laughs> it's the worst Scream movie, and the fact that, and, like, in the, in the sense that, you know, just it being a movie, it's the worst one. Um, that doesn't change the fact that I do really like the movie, but yeah. So the cast, of course, we have Nev Campbell, David Arquette, Courtney Cox. Like I said, Patrick Dempsey plays Mark Kincaid. Um, his partner is Jay Wallace. I don't know if that's the actress name or the characters, but it's whatever. Uh, Scott Foley plays Roman Bridger. Parker Posey is Jennifer Jolie. Emily Mortimer is Angelina Tyler. Um... Uh, Mark Kiesler as Tom Prince, Jenny McCarthy as Sarah Darling, Dion Richmond as Tyson Fox. Oh, I'm sorry. Josh Pice is the actor's name. He plays Detective Jay Wallace, which is Kincaid's partner. Sorry about that. Lance Henriksen plays John Milton. Kelly Rutherford plays Christine. Lev Schreiber as Cotton Weary. Patrick Warburton as Stephen Stone. Heather Matarazzo. That's her name. The one that plays Randy's sister. You know, Martha Meeks. Uh... And then Lawrence Hecht, I believe is his name. How you say his last name? He plays Neil Prescott, Sydney's dad. Uh, little cameos that were in it. Like I said, Jamie Kennedy pops back up as Randy when he's like, uh, this is what is going to happen if, you know, this happens again. Carrie Fisher, of course. Jay and Silent Bob popped up in this movie. And just like this one little 
bit of the beginning of the movie. And apparently, uh, that's the thing is, I don't know, I haven't seen all of them, but apparently Jay and Silent Bob and Wes Craven kept doing these things where they kept popping up in each other's movies. I say Jay and Silent Bob as if that's their names, but Kevin Smith and Jason Muse, I think is how you say his last name. I don't know. I, I know who Kevin Smith is, but... Um, so the rules, so Randy comes back, he gives his little video, and the rules for a horror, horror trilogy is, you've got a killer who's gonna be superhuman, stabbing him won't work, shooting him won't work, basically in the third one, you gotta cryogenically freeze his head, decapitate him, or blow him up. Uh, number two, anyone, including the main character, can die, this means you, Sid. Three, the, pa the past will come back to bite you in the ass, whatever you think you know about the past, forget it, the past is not at rest, any sins that were committed in the past are about to break out and destroy you. Uh, in the first few drafts of the script, though, there was a fourth rule that was just never be alone, but that was taken out because Gail immediately goes off by herself afterwards, um... So, of course, you know, the whole franchise is based on satire, um... Like, it just, I love it. Anyways, um, the characters that are the actors in Stab 3, their names are pretty funny. Jennifer Jolie is a combination of Jennifer Aniston and Angelina Jolie. Little, <laughs> little giggle moment, which I don't know if the whole Brad Pitt thing happened yet, if he was still with Jennifer Aniston or if he divorced her to get with Angelina Jolie at this point. I don't know. Uh, Angelina Tyler is a combination of Angelina Jolie and Liv Tyler. Um, Tom Prince is a combination of Tom Cruise and Freddie Prince Jr. Um, and then people say that Tyson Fox is... Because this one, Tyson Fox isn't confirmed, um, but it's a, supposed to be a play on Tyson Beckford and Jamie Foxx. Uh, and this is another funny thing. So Jenny McCarthy's uh, character, Sarah... Complains that she is playing a big character in a stab sequel who was killed after two scenes. Uh, this is exactly what happens to Sarah and the number of scenes she has in Scream 3. Another thing is apparently this is supposed to be... This whole character is written to be about how um, Sarah Michelle Gellar acted on set of Scream 2. Apparently she was a big diva and complained and everything. and So that's always funny. Um, uh, there's one point in this movie where you can see Sydney wearing the... Uh, Greek letters that was given to her by uh, Derek in the second movie, and then at the end of the movie, just like in the second movie, she is wearing a green shirt, brown leather jacket combo, which is just ironic that it happened two movies in a row. Um, okay, so here is the thing about Kevin Smith and Wes Craven. So they're tourists. Kevin Smith, so Jay and Silent Bob are little tourists in the at Sunrise Studios, which is where they filmed the movie. And the original Scream, a VHS copy of their film, Clerks, can be spotted in Stumacher's house. And then, um... And then, so, and Jay and, Violet Bo Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, uh, Wes Craven cameos as the director of a fake Scream 4 at that point, because Scream 4 hadn't come out yet. Um, and then... A copy of Scream 3 can be seen in the background of a scene taking place within a video store in Smith's 2004 film, Jersey Girl. I've not seen any of these movies. I've seen clips of Jay and Silent Bob, but I've never seen the movies himself. Um, Wes Craven makes a cameo dressed like a tourist that's walking behind Jay and Silent Bob. Uh, like I already said about Carrie, Carrie Fisher, you know, she makes a little cameo in the movie. Um... 
But so, little stuff we learned from the DVD commentary of this movie. Patrick Dempsey was hired one day before shooting began at a real police station in North Hollywood. Um, he received his pages in the morning, and then Wes Craven praised his professionalism for such short-notice preparation. Uh, one of the producers expressed slight frustration at the police station scenes being shot first due to the fact that scripts were being written day by day, and they were the most exposition and plot direction heavy. That's another thing. The script was being rewritten every single day um, because... Well, they refer. I don't know if I said this earlier in the beginning. Scream Two kept getting leaked. They had to keep rewriting the movie, and then Scream Three. They just had to keep rewriting it because Aaron Kruger was. They started filming this movie with a script that wasn't done yet, which is just it, it's it's insane to me. Um, <laughs> I just it's it's nuts. But the second day of filming uh, was Sydney and Mark's exchange at the police station. Wes Craven said it was his favorite scene of the movie. He called it beautifully textured and scored, praising both Patrick and Nev's skill. The scene had very little cut from it. And then there's a little... Wes Craven pointed out a continuity error stated by uh, Kincaid's partner where he says 10 more murders will have a calendar year. and But at that point, there had been three murders already, which was Christine, Cotton, and Sarah. So do we only need nine murders? <laughs> Another thing, too, uh, Dewey wears his Act 3 clothes in an early scene. Um, Sydney's call with Ghostface was shot twice. One was film-oriented, and Scream 3 uh, shot it both ways. Uh, one version was oriented towards film trivia, uh, and the other was creating a more psychological thriller element with Maureen and Sydney's sanity being of question, which they used instead, which I like because I don't... Horror trivia, Once it's, if it's characters we don't know already and they're being introduced in this movie and they get a call from Ghostface, it makes sense for their call to involve horror trivia. Like, I like it with like, Kirby especially in the fourth movie. Uh, but if it's a character we already know, don't sit there and try and give them horror trivia. They already know this shit, you know what I mean? So when um, Martha Meeks shows up, there is, uh, they apparently originally like gave a reason as to how she got on set of the movie despite the high security on the set with it being a movie set, a whole studio, but also the fact that the murders have been happening and they like make a comment that she was uh, on a game show, but they cut that line, which I don't understand because like, I feel like that gives exposition you know, to what was actually going on. They cut out so much important shit that like really didn't... Uh, scenes with Jennifer Jolie and Gail Weathers going down the stairs to see uh, Carrie Fisher were a nod to the script being declared Scooby-Doo-esque. Which I, yeah, this feels like a stupid Scooby-Doo plot. It really does. Um, when they go down to see Carrie Fisher, they're trying to bribe her to get in. And Jennifer Jolie says to Gail, because Gail is like 50, like tries to give Carrie Fisher a 50 and Parker Posey ad-libbed $50. What are you, a reporter for Woodsboro High? Um, that was an ad-lib, which I like. That's actually one of my favorite lines in the movie. They really wanted Angelina to be the second killer. She was written in as a second killer, but apparently the studio wouldn't allow that to happen, which I think is so... <sighs> Harvey Weinstein, the stupid man that you are, on top of so many other fucking things. I can't stand him. Um, so, Scream 3 was shot over a period of 12 weeks. The film's ending reveals the true mastermind behind the Woodsboro murders, which is so stupid. Stu was originally going to be the villain of the movie, having survived his death from the first one. Um, he was the mastermind behind a plot of new killings from prison and then targeting Sydney. Uh, but this idea was scrapped due to the Columbine High School massacre incident. Um, this is what Matthew, like Matthew Lillard talked about this in an interview, I think shortly after Scream 3 came out. When she jumped over, when Sydney, not she, Sydney, when she jumped over the bar and stabbed Roman with the ice pick, uh, she missed the pad that she was supposed to stab him and actually 
actually stabbed him, uh, not the little thing that was there to protect him. Um, so his real, his scream, Scott Foley, when he's screaming in that part, that's like, it's real. That's not him acting, that's him actually getting stabbed. Uh, uh, scream is the only, Scream 3 is the only Scream movie to have one killer. Um, you know, if you don't believe that Angelina really was the second killer the whole time. Um... Uh, Wes Craven filmed three different endings, and nobody knew what was going to be used until the movie came out. Uh, Wes Craven, not Wes Craven, Nev Campbell, her contract allowed her to be on set for just 20 days, which is why Sydney, you know, takes a backseat role in this movie. Um, you know, with her role being reduced, more emphasis was put on characters like Gail and Dewey and Jennifer, and I, I'm in a way, I do like that. Um, I really wouldn't change much about this movie except for the stupid stuff, but I feel like if you go into explaining the stupid stuff or get rid of it, it becomes a different movie and you have to change a lot, so I'm just, you know, we'll just, uh, we'll just, you know, we'll just say that we'll leave this one alone. Um, the uh, pictures they used for a young Maureen, Resco Maureen Prescott, or Rena Reynolds, which was her actress's name when she was acting, they're actually early modeling pictures of Lynn McRee, who played Maureen in the different her different appearances in the Scream movies. Um, this was the first movie that Scott Foley was in. He didn't know he was going to be the killer until halfway through shooting the movie. Um, Jamie Kennedy has been in the first three movies, but he never appeared on a poster. So... In Scream and Scream 2, Gail gets punched in the face by Sydney, but in this one, Gail punches Jennifer, who's playing her in the movie. Uh, the MPAA, like, had... He... Wes Craven and the MPAA had so many different uh, issues. There was a lot of conflict with this movie because of the violence. Um, and Wes Craven said that, like, be, you know, he considered leaving horror because of it. Um... The producers try to ask for no blood in this movie at all, which, uh, it's just, mm, whatever. It's just, but that's a big reason why the movie is more satirical and comedic than the first two. Um, some versions of the script had Mark Kincaid dying in the end. Um, I like this little note that I, I found online. It says, if Courtney Cox and David Arquette look a little tanned in the movie, it was because they had just honeymooned in the Bahamas. Uh, Scott Foley, Nev Campbell, and Patrick Dempsey all appeared on Grey's Anatomy. Jenny McCarthy turned down a role in Scary Movie to make this. However, she appeared in Scary Movie 3. Like I said, throughout the whole movie, uh, Sydney can be seen wearing the Greek letters around her neck that was given to her by Derek in Scream 2. Uh, this is the only Scream movie where Sydney doesn't know nor meet the killer personally, um, up till this point, because five, Richie and Amber, she didn't know them, um, and I don't think she met them before, until the end either, um, but she never spoke to Roman before he revealed himself, and she never met him either. Um, but she did talk to Angelina a little bit, who, you know, I'm, you know what, no, calling it now, Angelina was the second killer in Scream 3, and they're gonna reveal it in 7, and when that happens, you can come back to this and run me my money. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, one of the lines in here, Tyson says that Cotton Weary's murder 
was probably some Stab fan pissed off that they killed Randy in Stab 2, which is a reference to real-life Scream fans being upset that Randy died in Scream 2. Apparently, Wes Craven got a lot of hate email at his official website because the character was killed. It was the fans' upset that led to the idea of Randy surviving Scream 2 as a twist, you know, later, which became a video recording. Some alternate openings and endings. There were two alternate openings for Scream 3. Uh, the first one played out the exact same way as the regular opening. However, in this version, Cotton tries to escape through the skylight in his office and then gets stabbed in the leg and dragged back down into the house and then gets killed. The second alternate opening was <clears throat> similar to the regular opening, but Cotton only talks to Christine through the phone and upon finding out the killer in his house, then he goes home and then receives a call from Christine that she's at Starbucks and is racing home to meet him. He searches the house, uh, calls Chris, Christine calls him again, who tells him she's home and to open the door. Cotton, she tells Cotton to open the hall closet to get a bat. And when he does, he finds Christine's dead body that falls out of the closet, revealing on the voice on the phone, uh, that killed, it was, it was Ghostface, And then he kills Cotton. Um, another ending is very, very, very similar to the one we got. Um, there's just different dialogue, uh, uh, like during the scene where Roman looks for Sydney in the screening room, um, and then Sydney has the idea to call Roman and calls his phone before he gets a chance to think of the idea himself. Um, there is rumors that there is an extended ending where Sydney, Mark, Dewey, and Gail sit down to watch a movie which is a continuation of Randy's tape with a fourth rule for trilogies. There is said to be another ending that was filmed with our, with Mark Kincaid in the event of his character being killed off or his fate being left unknown. So this movie set a record in its opening weekend for the number of screens in the U.S., which was 3,467. Then it was broken by Harry Potter a year later with 3,762, the first Harry Potter, the Sorcerer's Stone, Philosopher's Stone, whatever. Um, it had a sizable opening weekend of over 34 million. It grossed 161 million worldwide. It got very mixed reviews from critics. Um, Scream 3 became what the franchise was spoofing to begin with, and it, it just fell back to typical horror movie cliches, and I think that you can really tell that Kevin Williamson didn't write this movie. Um, in a positive review, the LA Times called the movie genuinely scary and highly amusing, and the BBC stated that, as a conclusion to the trilogy, it works more effectively than anyone had a right to expect. Um, Variety also praised the movie as the end of the Scream trilogy, saying, aficionados will be best able to appreciate how wit wittily Craven has brought down the curtain on his much-imitated genre revising reviving series, while Empire called it satisfying. Um though they believed that the premise of the series had just worn thin. So yeah, that's Scream 3. Um, like I've said a million times throughout this episode, I love this movie. It's the worst Scream movie. I won't deny that, and I never will. Um, but I do love this movie a lot. Um, a lot more than I should. <laughs> a lot more than a lot of people do. But yeah, so um, don't forget to follow uh, us I say us, because Sammy's still still part of us. The the whole idea of this podcast started with Sam. Um, follow us at First Kill Pod on Instagram and Twitter. My personal Instagram is Peyton James with three S's on the end. No, that's my Twitter. <clears throat> my Instagram is at it's Peyton James. Uh, go ahead, follow me on there. Follow the First Kill Pod account. 
um, yeah, so we'll see you next week with Scream 4. Um, another thing, um, if I get to a point where I am comfortable doing it, I might start releasing two episodes a week, and if that happens, I'll shift to Tuesdays and Thursday release schedule instead of Wednesdays, but we'll see. So thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate it. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and I can't wait to talk about Scream 4 with you next week. Bye! Thank you.